Hi, good morning, and welcome to CIO Leadership Live. I'm Mary Fran Johnson, the Executive Director of, of CIO Programs here at IDG, and I am delighted to be joined today by Christy Grinnell, who is the CIO and the Vice President of Information Technology and Supply Chain for General Dynamics IT. General Dynamics is a $30 billion military contractor and aircraft builder based in Falls Church, Virginia. The U.S. government accounts for about 60% of its sales. But unlike some of its competitors in the military market, GD also caters to the private sector. Its aerospace unit makes and refurbishes business jets for civilian customers. At General Dynamics, IT is one of 10 core business units and a multi-billion dollar organization it is. It has 35,000 employees. As the CIO, Christie's responsibilities span the enterprise and business applications area, data centers, wi wide area networks, and customer service. She also oversees the supply chain management enterprise there, which includes both direct and indirect procurement and sourcing. A mechanical engineer by training, Christie has an MBA from Cornell, and more than 15 years of senior leadership in the professional and IT services industries. Before she joined General Dynamics, she worked at Computer Sciences Corp, where she was both the Director of Planning and Governance and Director of Client Delivery Enablement. And then before she joined CSC, she was CIO's Chief of Staff and a Global IT Strategist at PricewaterhouseCoopers. It's great to have you here today. Thank well, you for having me. Welcome. One of those, that's such a, a huge and impressive number, 35,000 IT employees. Tell us a little bit about what all these folks do. What is it that, yeah. that General Dynamics does that right. you have an IT workforce right. practically the size of the Pentagon? That's right. So uh, General Dynamics IT, we actually uh, provide solutions and services in mm -hmm. IT for our federal government contractors. Uh, I'm sorry, our federal government as a federal contractor. And mm -hmm. so we help to provide the network for the government. We help to uh, run their data centers, move them to the cloud, help them uh, put artificial intelligence in to help make them smart about all the data that they have uh, on their customer mission and, and help them so that they can focus on their customer mission. We focus on providing them the IT solutions and services they need. Excellent. And that that is quite a mission. Um, you joined about a little over three years ago, yes. and paint us a before and after picture. The yeah. IT organization that you came into and the things you have changed over three years. Yeah, so General Dynamics IT has changed uh, several uh, times over the three years that I've been here itself. So mm -hmm. first and foremost, when I came to GDIT, we were about 20,000 employees, mm -hmm. and the IT organization was very much a um, ad hoc order-taking organization. We were reactive to all of the problems with IT in the, in mm -hmm. the environment. So networks would go down, data centers would go down, email was the primary form of uh, communication and collaboration. Sometimes it would go down because those data centers and networks went down, yeah. um, but we weren't really partnered with the business in understanding the way that we needed to work mm -hmm. um, to support our customers in the very important mission that they have. Um, 
after almost two and a half years, we decided to acquire CSRA, um, right. which really doubled the scale of GDIT from an employee perspective and uh, from a revenue perspective. And CSRA was a competitor. Correct. In the IT services market mm -hmm. for the government. For the government, mm -hmm. absolutely. And so um, it gave us a lot more breadth and depth and experience in what we can provide to the government to mm -hmm. operate at more scale. Uh, a lot of the contracts coming out of the government need more scale in order to deliver the solutions and services we need. Mm -hmm. So um, with that, the IT organization really needs to, to scale with that. So we're really focusing now on the integration of these two several billion dollar uh, companies coming mm -hmm. together, bringing them together, but at the same time, we're transforming the organization to become a tighter business partner. So yes. what do we need so that our people can come to work with the toolkit that they need uh, in order to serve the customer, be that a uh, mobile device, be that a laptop, be mm -hmm. that a set of applications within that device that they need in order to help monitor networks or um, investigate uh, cyber threats that we might be monitoring for the government or whatever the case may be. Okay. Well, in that before and after picture you described it, it reminded me of so many other large enterprises where yes. IT grew up almost like the technology firefighter That's right. force. That's right. You know, they were called in when there was a problem. Uh, this is probably why every CIO and IT person I know gets to work at like seven in the morning. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's you right. you want to be the first people to find out that's what right. went wrong. Yes. Um, and but that is quite a cultural change, especially to get the business organization thinking about IT more as a trusted partner and advisor. Absolutely. Give me an example of of what you can point to today that that is part of that before and after picture that yeah. shows IT as the trusted advisor. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there are several areas. So first and foremost, one of the first things I did when I came into GDIT, and we've expanded it with the acquisition of CSRA, is putting governance in place. And that governance mm -hmm. allows us to truly partner with the business. So we've brought in our heads of HR, finance, growth, each one of our uh, separate business divisions to really understand what their business needs are right. and uh, where they're trying to take their own businesses and, and back office functions. And in doing that, that allows us then to say, if you're trying to go here from a business perspective, solve mm -hmm. this business problem, solve that opportunity, then here's the IT capabilities that you um, that we need to have in place to make that happen. Mm -hmm. And a great example of that is a really simple one. It was our, our digital workplace. So uh -huh. when I first came in, we had a... Um, you know, a lot of people were tied to their desk with desktops, but that's mm -hmm. not how we work. We're an IT company where you want people to get up and move around and collaborate and innovate. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that sitting at your desk tethered to something mm -hmm. that's plugged into a You're wall. You're just answering email all yeah, day. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So what we've done is working really closely with facilities, we described a vision of what it is to be able to work securely, because especially in our field, you mm -hmm. know, we have a lot of sensitive mm -hmm. data that we need to be careful of but work in a secure environment anytime, anywhere that you are, whether that's in the physical workplace, the office and facility that we offer, or mm -hmm. whether it's on a client site or at a hotel because we're traveling, yeah. um, or even at home because some of our uh, workers um, are, are telecommuters. And mm -hmm. so we've provided um, more mobile devices and more collaboration tools that allow them to innovate and collaborate in a different way than sitting behind their desk and right. saying, come to me um, because I can't move from here to show you something on my yeah. screen. Well, it would actually almost be odd to, to show up and be a systems integrator and the IT experts 
and be using yes. old-fashioned technology Absolutely. in old-fashioned ways. Yeah. Yeah. So. We have to not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. And, yeah. um, you know, we don't want to be just keeping up. We want to be more at the leading edge of that with a lot of the tools and uh, technologies that we put in place okay. uh, internally as well. Tell me, uh, and I want to get into a little bit more yep. about the structure of the IT yeah. organization, but I also want to hear a little bit more about your councils, the different, uh, essentially those governance areas. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about this earlier, too. Mm-hmm. I, a lot of um, a lot of times we try to talk about governance, like when we were doing articles for the magazine or online, and you think of governance and it sounds like such a boring concept. Right. But you're a big fan of governance. I am a huge fan of governance. Yeah. So the way I look at governance is governance is a decision-making framework. And I don't mm-hmm. want it to be that Christy, the CIO, has made this decision, so go do, because yeah. then nobody's bought in, and they think that IT's sitting in their ivory tower and making decisions and nobody control. understands, mm-hmm. right? So instead, by putting governance in place, and we have several layers of governance, not for bureaucracy, but for better decision-making along the way. Yeah. So the highest level level of governance is our executive leadership team. So okay. we're making sure that our business strategy and our IT strategy are one mm-hmm. and completely aligned, and that the vision that I paint with this new workplace and what it feels like and the automation that's available um, as we as we go throughout our day is something that that is the vision that we want and that we want to be able to pay for because mm-hmm. that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the way we want ourselves to be seen as a business. And then we have another governance structure underneath that. So strategy is great, but mm-hmm. now we have to put the proof in the pudding and execute yeah. on it. Yeah. And that's where we have a business solutions advisory board. And that business okay. solutions advisory board are the people who get together. They roll up their sleeves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's somebody who represents HR, finance, growth, each one of our divisions, uh, as well as we have IT representation on that as well as that trusted partner. Mm-hmm. And we talk about what problems are we trying to solve. Mm-hmm. We gather business requirements and make sure everybody across the board agrees them because something that happens in HR is going to impact finance at the end of the day or yeah. something that happens in growth is going to impact all of our divisions and how we you know, uh, do work at the end of the day. So those are things that we want everybody to be on board and say, yeah, that is the way that we should manage our talent in the mm-hmm. future and that it should be then the HR system that we put in place. So everybody together comes together and makes that decision as one mm-hmm. rather than it being the CIO saying we're going to go with this system because yeah. it's the cheapest and it makes sense. Right. Instead, it's this is the the um, IT system that brings the most value for that business problem we're trying to solve or the opportunity we're trying to take advantage and of. And this is rel- this is relatively new. This has happened Absolutely. since you arrived. Yes. Yeah. Okay. This is definitely uh, new mm-hmm. and it's evolved over time. Yeah. But with the integration of CSRA and GDIT, it's even more important mm-hmm. because we're trying to come together and you know break down some of the culture of um, the CSRA and GDIT individually had and bring a new culture together and this ensures that we're all on the same page making decisions together. Interesting and those councils that we talked about that Mm -hmm. are even more direct function is that a layer below the business solutions group? So we -hmm. we have so the business solutions group is the one who is approving business cases and requirements and Mm -hmm. um, really discussing what problems we're trying to solve in in the overall business. Below Mm -hmm. that for each one of the functions each one of the divisions we have a 
separate governing body, an HR um, council, a finance council, et cetera, that are meeting mm-hmm. to think about what's going on in each of their groups. So they're okay. the ones that are digging in and cleansing data and saying, you know, this data needs to come together and, and make sense as one. And they're owning that data and talking about what it can do for us in the organization. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. they're talking about process and building that process and saying this is how it works and how it links together. Okay. And you also have a way where from the 10 different business units, all the CIOs get together. We do. Tell me about your forum. Yeah, so General mm-hmm. Dynamics IT is one of 10 business units in mm-hmm. General Dynamics. And um, we, we all have the same basic infrastructure and commodity IT service needs. Mm-hmm. And we're all trying to transform our own business units and make sure that IT is being that good business partner um, and helping us to really drive our business strategies. So we get together as the, the broader CIOs mm-hmm. uh, four times a year, once a quarter, mm-hmm. um, and really talk about some of our most pressing problems. So how do you move to a secure cloud when you're in the government space? And we have have different regulations from the government, right? That's right, a, a big right. need that we have. Um, how do you use data analytics and uh, artificial intelligence in a space where we have very sensitive data? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we do that together? Um, even our cyber policy and what that means, you know, in, as it translates to the supply chain even as well and, and yeah. those that we buy, that that's something that starts with the CIOs of how do we secure that data across that supply chain mm-hmm. and, and how we work. So the CIOs are getting together to truly leverage the scale and the breadth and the experience of all the CIO uh, Mm -hmm. organizations across those 10 business units coming together where we can and it makes sense. Um, also, you know, creating master agreements with some of our biggest strategic vendors. I was thinking um, of the leverage that yeah, you would have absolutely. with your partners. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's really the glue that keeps us together is the big GD. So, okay. um, you know, these forums that get us together, I also sit on a supply chain council that does the same thing across the supply chain mm-hmm. because we can leverage our scale, we can leverage our experience and really bring them together that way. Yeah. Now, the other, uh, tell me a little bit about some of the other nine business units. I know Gulfstream Jets is Mm -hmm. one of them, right? That's your civilian business. That's a really fancy business unit. (laughs) I know. know. They make the luxury jets. I I thought you'd arrive in a Gulfstream. We did actually arrive in a Gulfstream today, but um, it's just it's not normal. (laughs) That's not how we normally travel. But it was (laughs) available today. But we um, so we have four different sectors Mm -hmm. in the larger GD. So aerospace, which Mm -hmm. is Gulfstream and jet aviation. And they make airplanes and uh, amazing jets, and they outfit um, large jets for other um, uh, companies as Mm -hmm. well. And then we have our marine space where we have Bath Iron Works, we have Electric Boat, Uh, um, and uh, NASCO, and they build the subs and the the large uh, uh, boats and ships that you would see Mm -hmm. for the Coast Guard and the Navy and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then we have our um, uh, IT, uh, Information Systems and Technology, which mm-hmm. is General Dynamics IT, and uh, Information Systems, uh, I'm sorry, Mission Systems, which mm. General Dynamics IT is more of the enterprise IT and mission services IT that you would have for a federal government. So enterprise IT things that mm-hmm. any CIO would understand. So right. network, uh, data center, going to the cloud, et cetera, and various applications. Mission systems is more about making that rugged on the battleground. So right. how do you take that same type of environment where our soldiers are working in a tank or mm-hmm. on a ship or whatever the case may be? And then our last business unit, uh, or 
sector is uh, where we make tanks and uh, ATVs um, and our ammunition. So mm -hmm. our land systems, European land systems, and ordinal tactical systems yes. for the um, federal government as and well. And GDIT is interacting with and supplying everybody. So um, in some instances, yes, mm -hmm. but not all. Okay. So um, as an example, we partner very closely with GD Mission Systems, mm -hmm. and we do our financial shared services as an example together. So all of our financial applications, we work together to do that. Um, we also um, work together um, with some of them on um, you know, how we roll up all of our financials across the organization. Mm -hmm. We are looking into how do we start to share some of those services across um, the different business units. Today, we don't do that very often mm -hmm. um, because that is more of a um, business by business. Our, our business model at GD is to be very autonomous business units to ensure that we can be a profitable company and okay. agile on our feet. Um, but we're exploring all of those. We don't want to lose um, you know, the efficiencies of working with General Dynamics IT right. um, and the experience that we have in delivering for our customers for all of our business units as well. Well, and it sounds like there's so much more collaboration now yes. and conversation. Absolutely. We were saying earlier that so much innovation comes out of yeah. people talking to each other who have never spoken before. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, just as an example, you know, I get on the phone with um, our various other CIOs across GD mm -hmm. regularly. Um, I, the corporate CIO I'm on with monthly just to ensure that we're talking about what's going on across the network and is there something else we need to do. And we'll yeah. put working groups in place. You know, as we all are looking to move to the cloud and Microsoft Office 365, let's bring our best and brightest together and set up a working group to make sure that we're doing that together. Mm -hmm. So we do that. And that's that coordination and collaboration that really helps to, to be that glue as, as we leverage the GD scale. Okay. Well, and as you came in as the new CIO, what... Um what looks different in the structure of IT today? Did you create new roles, new offices of this and that? Yeah, how did you absolutely. how did you restructure? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the first things I did, you know, when I came in, I had the head of the network reporting to me, the head of the data centers reporting to me. Um, we had uh, the head of applications reporting to me. The classic IT silos. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. And now what we're really trying to do, I have a deputy CIO who's mm -hmm. in charge of all operations. So we have this big IT strategy and vision that is really going to help us walk the walk that we are looking to transform yes. our business. Um, and he needs to execute on that. So he helps to run all the infrastructure and operations. So he has, you know, a business uh, solutions group reporting into him. And um, he has an infrastructure group, but it's, you know, how do we move to the cloud and data centers, our mm -hmm. own data centers and, and the network together? Um, and then I also have somebody in charge of our integration because that's so important to us right now. So mm -hmm. um, a head of integration. I have a CTO who is in charge of our enterprise architecture and our overall strategy because mm -hmm. as the CIO of an IT services company, we really believe in our customer zero story that I, like any of the CIO customers that we, that we have, have a lot of the same 
same challenges. So we want to go out there and solve that problem for me, the CIO, okay. and then be able to sell that to our customers as well and show them what we've done and what we've learned from it. So working uh, with, you know, as we move to the cloud, what are the mm -hmm. lessons that we learned and what are the things that we heard and what's the business case of doing so, right? right. And those are things that we really want to bring to our customers as it's our It's essentially story. having hands-on expertise Absolutely. that you can demo. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a very frontline view. And so our CTO yeah. owns that and mm -hmm. makes sure that we do that. And then I have, um, obviously, you know, cyber's always front of mind. So we have okay. our CISO yeah. who is um, always looking to make sure that we are securing our data and assets that we have um, and making sure that we're bringing that together. And um, I also have a deputy of supply chain who helps make sure uh, we are doing the right things and executing our supply chain mm -hmm. strategy as well. Now, not every CIO has supply chain as part of Correct. their remit. Right. That is something that was added after. Yes. They yeah. kind of baited and switched you, huh? <laughs> they brought you in. They said, here's your CIO job. Oh, yeah. by the way. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. um, we mm. do, but, you know, what we found is that as we were looking at responsibilities across our leadership team, mm -hmm. we're an IT company. So we buy a lot of IT hardware and software across the board, which our yep. CIO buys a lot of hardware and software, right? Yes. So um, because it's all part of one business strategy that we're attacking as one leadership team, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it just made sense for me to oversee that as well. So, okay. you know, I already have relationships with a lot of our key strategic vendors and, and partners as, as we go mm -hmm. um, to, to market with because I'm doing it myself, right? So I'm talking to the Microsofts and the Dells and the AWS and, you know, you name mm -hmm. it um, in, in trying to do this. And because I was already, already having to negotiate my own things, it made sense for me to mm -hmm. do that on behalf of um, all of the company as well. Well, and uh, my next question is about how your background essentially prepared you for a CIO job of this sure. scope. And sure. I was thinking, listening to this, that the things you were doing at PwC and at CSC were probably along these lines. Yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So CSC and PwC were very much large-scale transformations as well. At uh, PwC, I worked in our global IT organization, mm -hmm. and we were, at the time, 180,000 employees with $25 billion revenue, and we served a lot of global Fortune 500 companies. Mm -hmm. And those Fortune 500 companies wanted to hear from us as one PwC. You know, we want one invoice. We want to hear all the breadth and depth you have across 153 territories. I don't mm -hmm. I want to hear it from the U.S. and the U.K. and Germany mm -hmm. and Brazil mm -hmm. and, 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 right? Mm -hmm. So our task there was to bring together at the center um, and transform the way we went out to our client to collaborate and come with one voice. And so in order to do that, it was working with 153 territory CIOs to bring them together to say, wow. how do mm -hmm. we do this as one with collaboration and knowledge being at the center of that? Mm -hmm. And then when I went to CSC, um, it was a $9 billion company at the time with about 90,000 employees. And they were undergoing a um, centralization of all of their back office functions as well, trying to get the cost efficiencies of doing so mm -hmm. um, and to work at scale across the company. And so as they did that, um, it again was I was part of the client delivery enablement and it was how do you get the right tools in the practitioner's hands so mm -hmm. that they can come to our clients again as one voice. And that's a very hard thing to do. So each one of those was putting the right governance in place. I have to hear representation from everybody so we can make right the right mm -hmm. decisions. Um, trying to get to the right process across um, each of the companies. 
you know, rules and regulations in one country can be very different from another. So you have to balance that and think about, you know, the trade-offs that you make as you put one collaboration tool in place and what data you can share, you know, about, you know, if you're in Germany, am I going to share your picture? No, likely not because of the right. um, privacy rules there. Right, um, right. But in the U.S., we all put our pictures up everywhere, so it's very different. I know. Um, and it's those things that, you know, bringing that governance around, understanding the process was mm-hmm. a big part of what I learned in the transformation overall and okay. changing that culture. And I've brought all of that with me to GDIT. Uh-huh. Interesting. Interesting. Well, the um, let's fly up to that 30,000-foot okay. view and talk about industry industry disruption. Yes. That's harder to say than you would yes. think. Um, <laughs> it's at, harder to do, too. I, so. <laughs> I'll bet. Well, it's harder to live through right. it. Um, I was thinking about the changing customer expectations. This is something I talk to. Yes. Every CIO who comes yes. on the show, we talk about what's happening in the broader industry. And for yeah. you, that would be both on the private and the yes. government contracting mm-hmm. side in aerospace and military and so forth. So what are some of the big disruptions? Yeah. So it's actually interesting. Um, what you typically see is that the government uh, is a little bit um, lagging the commercial world mm-hmm. in terms of what they can and can't do because of the types of things that they're trying to protect the safety of the United States yeah. um, and that sort of thing and the data and assets that you have and the type of information you don't want to get out. Mm-hmm. So because of that, you know, it takes a little while to catch up. So just like uh, commercial companies are facing cloud and artificial intelligence, machine learning, blockchain, all of those things, that same thing is coming to the government just a Mm -hmm. little bit later. Um, But the expectations of the people who work in the government, they're growing up with the same technologies that we have They're consumers outside their jobs. So, you know, they go home and they're able to dial up an Uber and and go somewhere on an app. They want the same thing. They're able to deliver, you know, um, food and groceries right to their door. Wouldn't that be great to have your supplies delivered right to your door through an app, right? So, you know, Alexa, give me my uh, dominoes, you know, is the same as like, Alexa, I need some more ammunition here, right? So (laughs) we have to think about uh, those types of things Mm -hmm. and and how we bring that technology to the government in a much more secure and safe way because of the type of uh, information we have. So a lot of the same uh, disruptions are happening Mm -hmm. um, and there's a little bit more frustration because it doesn't happen as fast as it needs to. That Alexa scenario is a little frightening when you think about it, you know? (laughs) Exactly. I need a case of ammunition, Alexa. (laughs) I like to think Alexa would right away, like, notify the local police department, you know? Exactly, exactly. As networks have become more and more important, and as you've mentioned, cybersecurity is a big, huge thing, what what sort of uh, protections and structures have you needed to put in place, or is general dynamics generally moving to? I know security is a constantly moving target, but what are some of the big trends you see there? So um, a lot of this is where a lot of the disruptive technologies start to come together, right? So you've got cyber that you're trying to secure um, all of these sensitive data and assets assets that you have and that you're responsible for. Mm -hmm. But what we see is that artificial intelligence and machine learning can really help with that, right? So we have sensors out there and we have all these logs and we want to bring that together and really make sense of it all. Mm -hmm. And if you had a human really looking at every single one of those logs and trying to make sense of it, you just can't. There's way too much volume. Mm -hmm. So we can use the cloud in order to bring all of those logs together so it can handle the compute when we need it. And we can handle... 
or we can bring artificial intelligence to um, the, that space so it can really start to make sense of the logs for us faster than a human can and smarter than a human can in many instances because it's starting to see trends that we might not see with the uh, human eye. Okay. And so, you know, that's where a lot of these things really start to come together where we can get smarter um, by bringing the use of cloud and artificial intelligence mm -hmm. and machine learning as well. You think about your network mm -hmm. um, and how you want to look at that. You have all these logs and sensors out there protecting your network and, you know, trying to be proactive and make sure nothing gets in that, that shouldn't and should it that you want to stop things and, and turn them off before it, it gets any further. Um, but with artificial intelligence and machine learning on your network, if you start to see that something's going down over here, you, through artificial intelligence and machine learning, it's going to start to bring all of that together and say, we have a problem over here on the server. Let's transition it, the, mm -hmm. the workload over to another server, turn that one down, and start to self-heal, right? Yeah. So we have that ability with all of these technologies today to bring all of that together in a very smart way. It's just a matter of doing it fast enough, right? right. Like we all right. want that technology today, but we're stuck with this legacy, complex environment of trying uh. to get there. Right. I wondered about the I always think of legacy as an iceberg. Yes. And the the, the little top of the iceberg looks like so much fun. There's yes. polar bears and penguins exactly. there frolicking around and then there's this big huge ugly piece underneath the water. That's right. And that's, that's right. the legacy. That's that yeah. legacy and it's this technical debt that you're left with of what am I gonna do with all of this and how do I get rid of it fast enough that yes. I can use all that fun stuff that's up on top, right? And and mm -hmm. that's the really hard dilemma that the CIOs are in today of people don't see what's underneath mm -hmm. and you're trying to give them everything up top and managing what's underneath. So, yes. you know, simplification and and um, reducing that complexity as much as you can, as fast as you can, is yeah. really critical to what we do, which is why we're bringing the governance together, truly. We're trying to help educate our right. business customers to understand this just as much as we do. Um, and they don't have to know, you know, how to make a light turn green and draw an architecture diagram, but we yeah. do want them under, to understand the complexities that we're dealing with. To get an idea of what that underneath of the iceberg exactly. really looks like exactly. without too much detail. That's right. But that, that way they can scare help them. the evangelist for us. Of, this yeah. is what we need to do. Give, give IT yeah. time. They've got it. Do you <laughs> have a specific program underway to reduce technical debt? We do. So, okay. um, and that's part of the integration that we have going on. So, of course, it's a know, great time to do it. It isn't is. It? The, yeah. I mean, this is the time to get rid of that technical debt. So, um, just as one example, you know, we've inherited through both companies, we have all these data centers out there. Well, this is mm -hmm. the perfect time as we're integrating to consolidate that and don't just consolidate it into fewer data centers, but move it into the cloud, right? Like, yeah. why do I even need an on prem data center anymore? Just move it all into the cloud instead of moving it into an on-prem data center, and mm -hmm. that helps me get rid of some of that technical debt that I have. Okay. Is there, what is your overall cloud strategy? And and what percentage of GDIT is yeah. operating from the cloud today versus yeah. where you want to go? Yeah, so um, we're not anywhere close to where I want to go, but we're getting there fast, mm -hmm. so put it that way. Um, so <laughs> we, we definitely have a cloud-first strategy. So the thing that you have to remember about cloud, though, is cloud's really interesting when you think about it, right? Because mm. a lot of people go right to infrastructure as a service in the cloud, which is right. where 
AWS and Azure and Oracle. And uh, it's really a new version of what IT's been doing for a long yeah, time. Right? It's I co-location, mean, it's right, outsourcing. Right, and yeah. now we're just handing it over to somebody else who yep. they're managing the security at the very basic layers, which is yep. great because they can spend way more on security at scale than I can as little mm-hmm. GD, right? Instead, yep. you know, they're doing it on behalf of everybody who uses AWS or everybody mm-hmm. who uses Azure, um, which is great but I still have to get different security controls in place to use that now. Mm-hmm. But the other part of that is that all of us are using software as a service, right? Which, that is cloud also. Right? Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. And we've all been using that for years. I know. And you know, we often forget about that point of it. So we actually, we use software as a service. We don't build any application that we don't need to, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we always look for um, a software as a service that will help to provide us that because it's it gives us some agility as well because it's always keeping up with the latest and greatest and keeping me away from some of that technical debt that I don't want. Right. Um, but also it's um, allowing me then to have a lot of the integrations that you need across the various applications and things that we have. So, mm-hmm. you know, going into the cloud, I it's inevitable we're all going to use it. In the government space, it's a little bit harder because we need um, more secure environment than any commercial thing. So mm-hmm. as an example, our public website, that can go in a commercial cloud. There, That's for everybody to see and there's no security around it. Right. But some of the work we do very specifically on our programs and mm-hmm. our very corporate sensitive data um, needs to sit in a much more secure environment. And yeah. so as that type of data, we look at that type of data, we decide which workload goes into which cloud. Yes. Um, and, and then we're bringing it all together that way. Well, ultimately, Ultimately, when I think about big enterprises like Mm -hmm. uh, General Dynamics and other companies with a lot of legacy, I've never really bought into the notion that they're ever going to be 100% cloud. It's not even desirable. It wouldn't necessarily be cost effective. Yeah, and and, and it just depends, right? Because there is a cost to going to the cloud. And, And if you don't have... Um, as an example, if you don't have a direct connection secure into the various cloud offerings, mm-hmm. you might not want to go into that cloud either. So then the time it takes to get there yeah. becomes very long, and you needed it yesterday, not you know six months from now as you build that secure architecture with that new cloud service provider or whatever the case may be. Right. So sometimes you're just stuck from you know time to value or depending on which workload it is you, and type of data, you might just keep it in, in-house. Our goal is not to keep that in-house. You know, we're mm-hmm. hoping that less than 10% of what we need will be in-house and the rest will be in the cloud, but we'll just have to, you know, as we continue to integrate and, and see what comes, we'll we'll see where we end up at the yes. end of the day. Okay, well, when we talked uh, um, initially getting ready for this, we talked about some of your big initiatives, the move to the cloud, yep. the integration of CSRA, mm-hmm. uh, the technical debt, taking care of that. But I want to talk more about your third big one, which is the digital workplace yes. and your data-first strategy. Yes. Yeah. So you've got cloud-first, data-first, mobile-first. You got That's it. a lot of firsts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and because it all comes together, yeah. right? So it's, mm-hmm. it's really you can't have one without the other. So mm-hmm. um, our digital workplace is really important to us, um, as I had described, that thinking about the way that we work. So mm-hmm. you would never send a plumber to a job without his toolbox that has a pipe wrench and a screwdriver and all of those things. We feel the same about our IT practitioners. So while they don't have a toolbox in the same sense, they have 
a, uh, a mobile device or a laptop or mm -hmm. some sort of device that has all of the applications and things on it that they might need. And we need to give that things like collaboration tools, things like um, your office productivity suite, things like your financial system, your mm -hmm. HR system, um, things like um, you know a way for them to code because we have coders who are able to. Um, so we have to give them you know maybe the Jira suite for you know agile uh, working and it's my job to make sure they have those tools mm -hmm. for where they are when they're doing their work in a secure way and yeah. so we're really bringing that together and a great example of this our workforce is really diverse we have people who work in skiffs all day long they're provided a government furnished laptop mm -hmm. they don't call home to gdit maybe any time until the end of the day when they have to uh, log their time in, oh. in, into the system. Okay. And so um, because I don't even give them a laptop and they're in a secure facility where they have to check their phone at the door. And they so these are contractors. These are people who work for us. Okay. Um, who oh. are on a program for the government. And oh. so um, mm. the government gives them what they need to do their job mm -hmm. on the government's secure network. Um, and they just they only call home once a day to record their time. And so when okay. they do that, we want to be able to engage with them and say, we care about you, yeah. we know you're there, and thank you for a job well done. Mm -hmm. And we want to engage with them by pushing them communications, giving them access to online training that they might need to keep their technical skills up to date. Yeah. Or you know, hearing what the new latest and greatest strategy is for our company because we're changing every day as mm -hmm. we integrate and become one. So these are the things that the digital workplace is really giving us the ability to engage with our users in a very different way mm -hmm. um, than we have before. Because otherwise, they would have just logged their time in a timekeeping system and called it a day. And They'd be a, They could be working for talked. anybody. Correct. Yeah, and, and you want to give them a sense that they're right. working for they GDIT. That's right. Yeah. Yep. That's mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. I like that, actually. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit more about the training aspects. What yes. sort of things are you offering? How are yeah. you, because you've got that enormous workforce, yeah. and not everybody's skills are going to be the latest and greatest. Right. You don't necessarily need all the latest and greatest for no. everything you're doing, but people love to advance and feel, feel like they're part of the mission. That's and right. So how do you approach training? What right. sort of things do you do? So I'll talk specifically about my IT group. This mm -hmm. is something that, you know, from the two legacy companies, you know, when I first went into GDIT, we had people, um, you know, that had been trained on the latest version of SharePoint that was two decades ago, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're looking at that and going, how can you get me to the latest and greatest if you haven't been trained since, you know, two two versions ago? And so yeah. we're making sure that our, uh, our technologists have the ability to get the training they need when they need it. And so we've uh, purchased online training for every employee in the IT organization, mm -hmm. unlimited, where they can take it on their mobile device, they can do it at home, they can do it at work, mm -hmm. working with their manager on what makes sense from a time perspective mm -hmm. um, in order to ensure that they're adding value. It helps them to get the certifications they need, to get the latest training that they need. And it's important, you know, you think we talked just now about cloud and artificial intelligence. Yeah. If my folks don't have training on that, because we were, you know, primarily an on-prem 
uh, company in the way that we worked in IT, they mm-hmm. can't move to the cloud if they don't understand what it is and, and what it means yeah. from a security perspective and you know the different controls that you would put in place and administering it and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. we give them the ability to take all of that training as much as they want. And it includes even things like soft skills that all of my um, team needs as we partner with the business more. Mm-hmm. I don't need you just to need know those technical skills, but I need you to understand how to communicate with our business yeah. partners in a different way. And um, even little things like stress management, you know, there's yoga and meditation and, you know, oh, those sorts good, of things good. so that we can yeah. really, you know, make sure that our employees are getting what they need. And we stress that. Well, I was thinking at various points when you were explaining, you know, the, the size of the job you have going yeah. on here, that so much of it does come down to the communication and yes. the knowing how to deal with people and work with people. And there are a lot of people that went into technology because they didn't want to be in marketing or sales. That's and they right. really like working with tech and machines and they're introverts. And, yeah. you know, this is this is not the greatest news to a lot of people <laughs> in IT. They're yeah. like, I went into this so I wouldn't have to deal with right. the salespeople. Right. And yet here they are in meetings right. with them. I think that that may be the biggest sea change going on in IT just from a human perspective. Yeah. And this is yeah. a change in culture, right? It's, yeah. it's changing yeah. the mindset of every technician. And, you know, we just we are rolling out our new one GDIT strategy as yes. we're bringing these two legacy companies together. And as we're doing that, we just rolled it out to my team as well. And mm-hmm. what I wanted them to realize is that everything that they do impacts that GDIT strategy because technology is in every part of the business, right? So as much as they might not want to be upfront and talking to every one of our business partners, they at least need to understand our business. So, you know, something that's really important to us is cash. Obviously, the day's uh, sales outstanding is really important. So Mm -hmm. every one of the people working on my finance applications, I want them to be thinking about, you see the process and mm-hmm. the data flowing through the, the, these finance applications, Yeah, what do you see that could help us change that day sales outstanding to bring the cash in faster, right? Because yes. that's important to every company, yes. right? And if they think with that mindset, then they're not just, you know, making sure the lights are green in the background and making sure that the system's turned on. Instead, they're actually impacting our business and providing results for us every day. And that's a huge change in the culture and mindset of every IT practitioner out there. Well, and and what I think they come to realize, and they may not realize at first, is that they're thinking more like business people who happen to be technology experts. That's right. That's kind of where it all Mm -hmm. needs to go. Absolutely. And on the flip side of that, as part of that governance body that we have, that's where it's also our opportunity to educate our business partners and mm-hmm. how technology impacts their their ability to do business every day as well, right? So yes. it's both sides of the coin. My IT folks need to be business people who understand IT, mm-hmm. and our business folks need to be business people who understand IT. Yes. Well, and one of the things that we also talked about earlier, and I always ask about this, is has to do with talent acquisition, with retaining good talent, yes. and also with diversity in yes. IT. And mm-hmm. I know that that is particularly an area of interest yes. for you. Yes. Uh, you have a female CEO, uh, and things have even in the three years that you've been with GDIT, it has changed in terms of just the number of yes. women that you see in the executive suite. Mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I happen to be the executive sponsor of our Women's Employee Resource Group, and we call it FORWARD, which mm-hmm. is for Women's Advancement, Recognition, and Development. And the reason I started... Nice acronyming there. You. Very We're well very done. that one. So, um, but what we um, what we see from this is we like to say that GDIT a way you could spell that acronym out is that it's great diversity in thought 
If we wow. want to be a company that can innovate anywhere and really bring new solutions and services to our customer, mm -hmm. we need to have that diversity of thought. And the only way you're going to get that is by having people who don't all think alike. We have to have people with different cultures, different yes. experience, mm -hmm. different mindsets that come to the table, which all of that perspective helps us get to that next innovation. Mm -hmm. So our women's network, when I first came in to GDIT, I was the only woman in the C-suite for GDIT. Mm -hmm. um, knowing that we had a female CEO, which is exciting, but yeah. I didn't see it at my layer in the business unit. Mm -hmm. Now, three years later, we have a female president, Amy Gilliland, who is one of the most inspiring leaders you'll ever meet. Mm -hmm. We have a female CFO, a female growth officer, a female CIO, myself, uh, and a female um, legal counsel and uh, chief legal counsel and a female um, division leader as well. Excellent. That's a really exciting place to be, right? Where, yeah. you know, women are, you know, the glass ceiling is is definitely broken at, at mm -hmm. GDIT for women. We are, we are coming through and showing that that diversity in thought is really changing. And the more we have these uh, employee resource groups to help mm -hmm. us open the minds and, and give everybody a voice at the table, really helps us to be that innovative company that we need to be for our customer at the end of the day. Oh, well, that's great. Well, I've noticed, too, when I uh, when I put together the agendas for my events, uh, occasionally I just I go chasing a topic and I sign CIOs up, and if they're willing to take my calls, God love them, I put them <laughs> on the panel. But I've gotten to a few of the events, and mm -hmm. I've looked at the stage, and I've realized that I wasn't really thinking in a diversity yeah. mindset. Mm -hmm. And I've had uh, women and people of color come up to me at the events and say, you know, there's an awful lot of 50-something white guys right. on stage there. Right. And, of course, you know, I love 50-something yes. white guys. You yes. know, most a lot of CIOs are. But you and I talked about this, and you pointed out that it's actually uh, the, 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 that majority in IT who are the ones that also need to drive this, yes. the more diversity. Because Absolutely. without their help and support, we can't get there anyway. Right, exactly. And mm -hmm. what's interesting that you see um, when um, – I do a lot of work with our uh, school system in uh, Loudoun County, Virginia, where oh. I'm from. From and they um, they work a lot with the elementary schools, where you see them starting to bring coding in, even at the kindergarten level, where kindergartners are working with Legos to build data sets, pink versus white versus blue, and what does it mean, right? Which is super exciting, or a little scary, it, depending a little scary, on how you but think about it. Yeah, also super exciting for where America's work. Force yes. is going to need to go, yes. right? We're going to need those type of skills uh, in the future. We need them now. Um, and as we see them come up through the ranks, what we see is around the middle school age is when they start to, the girls start to get turned off of technology. Yes. I, this and, is so classic. Yeah. yeah. And so, and, and then what you see is that the, the you know, 30% or less that actually do pursue a STEM career of some sort, as life starts to change and they start to have a family and they mm -hmm. start to take on more responsibility at work, that balance between the two. And it's not just having kids, it's having aging parents that they might need to take care mm -hmm. of or whatever yeah. else might be, that it becomes really difficult for them to manage that. So we need to be able to think about those issues in a way that says, how do we help women come up in that talent pipeline from elementary to middle school to high school to college into a career, and how do we then keep them in this career 
Yes. And that's the whole point of, you know, the advancement recognition and development. We need to mentor them and sponsor them and acknowledge that there is a full-time role that they have outside of the office that might be something that we need to help them uh, recognize mm-hmm. and work with. Well, and it's great that you're starting to see that happen at General Dynamics. Yes, absolutely. I, a lot of the CIOs I talk to these days are similarly engaged and starting to see it across. And it's yes. all those those thousand points of light, I think, that yeah. are happening across the corporate yeah. IT. There's so. something brewing at GDIT. It's an exciting place to be. It's, oh, it's, we really have a lot of change going on. Yeah. And our we have a people focus that allows us to say everybody matters and we want you to think of, of GDIT as a career destination because there's something here for everybody and Excellent. we'll help work with you to make that work. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Christy. It's been delightful thank hearing you. about all you have going on. And I want to thank our audience for joining us today. If you joined us a little late into this broadcast, fear not. You can see the full episode later today. We'll have it posted to CIO.com. And you can also listen to an audio podcast of my conversation with Christy wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you will tune in and join us for our next conversation, which will be on Thursday, February 28th at 2 p.m. Eastern, where I'll be joined by a longtime friend and colleague of ours here at CIO magazine, uh, Mike Skinner, who is the executive vice president and CIO at Your Pack Service. Thanks so much for being with us today, and I hope you'll join us again next time.